Hi, this is Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church in Beverly, Mass. I pray that you are enriched and encouraged as you press on towards the cause of Christ. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to be reading out of Matthew uh, chapter 14, beginning with verses 22 and ending with 31. And uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and hold it up. If you're reading your Bible today with your mobile device, that's all right. Go ahead and hold that up. And maybe you're, you're just pulling a King David, thy word has been hidden in your heart that thou shall not sin against God. That's all right too. There should be a Bible in front of you, but if you don't have that, go ahead and just lift up your hands. Everybody should be holding something up right now. This is an external expression to God. God, we lift up our empty hands today. We lift up our Bibles, we lift up our, our devices, whatever we have, because that's all they are unless you move on it today. Uh, God, I pray that Tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week when I wake up, my life will look different because of what's getting ready to happen right now. So speak to me, change me, transform me. Don't let me leave the same way. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Go ahead and stay standing for just a moment as we read. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But when the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, take courage. Look at somebody and say, take courage. Yeah. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? This message today is called the distraction of doubt. You may be seated. The distraction of doubt. I wanna look at the events that precipitated Peter's doubt in this moment. Everything that led up to this moment of Peter crying out. I think it's really amazing. We look at Doubting Thomas of the Bible and we see someone who believes, but also coexisting, there's doubt. I think that finally illustrates our lives. We are people who believe, but when push comes to shove, we find that some of our belief can only take us so far and then doubt really steps in. And so I call it the distraction of doubt because doubt is distracting us from a, a more abundant, faith-filled life. So before we can really talk about doubt, well, let's take a few minutes and examine faith, all right? Um, so Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter 11, famous chapter. I like this chapter. Uh, it's, been, it's been called the, the Hall of Faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 begins by telling us this is what faith is. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Has anyone read that before? I've read that. I've read that for many years. And for many years, I did not know what that meant. It was like a tongue twister to me. Now faith is the assurance of this. What, what does that mean? I'm just being transparent. I, I know many of you are light years ahead of me. That's all right. So, um, I spent, a, I spent a season kind of meditating, chewing on that, like what in the world does that mean? Because it seems like we all have this passage memorized, but one-on-one -on -one conversation, it seems like 
we have different definitions. So we're all taking something different away from this. Uh, maybe not all of us, but, and I think we're all in the, in the same ballpark, but there's something really specific that's being said about this. And I needed to get this because what I've learned is that I haven't really been operating my Christian life by faith. I've been operating it by stubbornness. I've been operating by, um, by, by will. I've been operating not by faith, not entirely by faith. There's been shades of doubt in my life. I have a, a contemporized definition of this, kind of clean it up. So here's my quick definition of faith. Faith is the confidence that something else, often greater, another reality exists. Faith is confidence that something else, another reality, something deeper, it exists and it's evidenced or it's prompted by some type of an internal check, a prompting, a nudge, something on the inside of you bears witness to something unseen. All right, you get that? Something inside of you bears witness to something on the outside that you don't see yet. Now faith is, I am assured, I'm confident that there is something else and my conviction, my evidence, it's prompted on the inside. You see, faith in some regards is actually tangible. Faith is the realm of God. The Bible tells us in John that by faith, God created all things. God moves in faith and when we begin to operate by real faith, true faith, then we begin to operate in another realm. We begin to operate in something else. But the truth is, I have to be honest, there have been many times that I haven't really been operating by faith. There's been a lot of times that I'm just kind of like, well, I'm in this, so this is what I'm supposed to do. And, and it feels shaky. And sometimes I've lacked that inside witness, that inside check. But then there's been other times, come on, have you ever gone somewhere um, and if you're me and you don't have a map, but you know you're headed in the right direction and everybody's like, you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I know that this is the right way. Um, and sometimes it's just been stubbornness and I've gotten my family lost. And other times I, I've just, I've known, there's just something inside me, I know I'm going in the right direction or, or you just kind of sense, you just have this internal prompting about something else and we choose to follow that, all right? So I think those are, those are shades and moments when there's been, that I think closely correlates to the Christian faith, that something inside of me says that there is a God. Something inside of me says, Jesus is alive. There's a prompting in my heart that says heaven is real. The Bible is the word of God. It's true. It's alive. So Hebrews eleven six tells us that we can't even please God without faith. So uh, today I want to talk about doubt and where it originates because it's so easy to read scripture and scold people. I, I've felt scolded and this kind of is a historical thing uh, where when the Bible begins to identify sin or areas in our life where maybe we feel like we failed, maybe you've left church or left a conversation with another believer with your head hanging low. Uh, but lately, you know, actually I shouldn't even say lately, in the last like decade, I've learned to read scripture with more of a sympathetic tone. Anytime, you know, like we're getting ready to talk about doubt today, for instance, anytime we, we touch on something that's a human struggle, it's not to shake a finger and say, how dare you doubt? This, there's a sympathy to it. You know, when I hear Jesus speaking, I, I can hear his love. I hear instead of how can you doubt, you know, why, why are you doubting? I hear like, of course you doubt. You know, of course, of 
course, you're going to have moments when you fall short. Of course, there's going to be seasons in your life when you feel like you're failing. Of course, there's going to be moments in life that make you bitter and hard. Of course, there's going to be people in your life that get on your last nerve and, and you, you don't feel godly. Of, of, of course, you're going to struggle and you're going to cry. Of course, you're going to have moments and seasons that, of depression that might touch your life. Of course, there's going to be seasons in your life when things aren't going well and you're going to doubt. Of course, that, that's how I, I, I hear scripture most often. It's, it's a duh. You know, of course these things are going to come into your life. But it doesn't stop there. I, I can hear Jesus saying, this is why you need me. You know, our Christian message is, of course there's problems in the world. This is why we need Christ. Of course. And so the, the gospel message and our, and, our, and our Christian witness isn't just to coddle people in their condition. Jesus didn't come to coddle us in our condition. You know, faith isn't a pacifier to just, you know, leave us in the crib of life, right? Jesus called to raise us up from death to life. And so as we look at doubt, doubt is evidence that your faith is under assault. Anytime you, you face a moment of doubt, you, you don't have doubt until you're getting ready to do something. Until you're ready to go in a certain direction and then you go, mm, should I do that? You know, we're in the process of buying a house right now and I'm telling you, we have doubts as we're looking at New England homes. There's, there's plenty of doubts uh, that we've been uh, dealing with what, what that doubt really does is it wants to it wants to slow us down it wants to you know consider certain things and there's times when when we need to stop we need to reconsider is this is this a good idea but overall in your Christian faith when you encounter doubt I want you to know that doubt pops its head in your life to oppose you because here's what would happen if you began to take the steps that doubt opposes, your life would be revolutionized. Are you hearing me? Doubt is out and about. It's ready to pounce and produce idleness and complacency and reconsideration in your life. Doubt wants you to reconsider exercising faith. But God calls us to be bold and courageous and not shrink back. See, doubt is a distraction meant to pull you away from walking in faith. And, and while doubt is natural, Everything around us really is set up in life to lead us to doubt. You got to overcome doubt. Life is filled with every excuse. So yeah, I, I, you got the card stacked against you. We have the card stacked against us. Uh, Luke 18, 8 says, and will the son of man, will Jesus find faith when he returns? Will Jesus find faith in this church? Would Jesus find faith in your life um, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday night? If God was to visit with you, would he find you faithful? Saturday, in your finances, in your treatment of others, would the Son of Man find you faithful? I'm not sure I could raise my hand on all of those accounts because there's moments of doubt, there's moments of failure, there's moments of a lack of faithfulness in my life. There's moments, there's seasons of that. And because I'm aware of that, there's a pursuit in my life to see God, God make me faithful. God made me faithful. Lord, help me to be faithful. Because I hear, I hear your sympathetic, loving voice telling me, of course, of course, why did you doubt? Of course you're gonna have seasons of doubt. So where does doubt come from? Doubt originates in so many different areas. I'm just gonna touch on a couple uh, of areas of doubt. 
So let's look at Peter really quickly. They just finished feeding the crowds. Life is good. And then Jesus sends them on mission. Okay, everything's good. Let's hop in the boat. He sends them off. He kicks the boat offshore. Jesus goes in one direction. And these guys go straight into a storm. The wind is contrary. The waves are battering them. Matthew tells us that it's not until the fourth watch of the night. These guys have been going at it all night long. Hopeless, they're done, they're worn out. They feel abandoned, so much to the point that they look out and they see a ghost, they're hallucinating. I mean, they're so done, like if I saw a ghost, I would not be talking to it and trying to walk out on the water to it. So, I mean, I, like these are real people, this, is, this really happened. So Peter calls out, and on the nudge and on the inkling that that's Jesus, gets out of the boat and starts walking towards, towards Jesus, only to sink and to fall in the water to hear those words. Why did you doubt? What do you mean, why did I doubt? So we're going to get into this in just a second. But for us, what is our doubt? What's our, what's our storm? What's around us that's going contrary? It's not working out. It's exhausting us. How about your schedule? Is your schedule set up in, in, in a way that you doubt you can really squeeze anything more in your life? You doubt you can make it to church. You doubt you can fellowship. You doubt you can pray. How about your schedule? What about your timelines? You have certain things that have to happen in a certain timeline and you doubt you can make it or it just, it makes, it feels contrary. It feels like a storm. It feels like unsettling, unrest in your life. What about broken promises from other people? Have you encountered that? What if you've done something, you make it through something, and then instead of a big reward, there's no payoff, just like a lack of payoff. Life's disappointments, people failing you, cultivating doubt. What are some of the reasons that you think you might be facing doubt? And I, here's what happens. When the infection of doubt begins to sink in, then it, then it births cynicism. I want to talk about cynicism for just a minute. A cynical heart, it's a, it's a faithless heart. A cynical heart is a heart that judges the outcome before there's ever action. It's a heart that settles. It says, it can't be done. It'll never be done. This is the heart, a cynical heart. It's a heart that can't produce dreams. And it wants to make sure that everyone around them knows it and can't do it either. Look, here's what happens. Once the infection of doubt and cynicism begins to set in, then it demands that its victims share it. It zombifies the victims. It puts its victims on course and on mission to contaminate the hearts and the minds of everyone around them. Have you been a cynic? Are you a cynic? Maybe you consider yourself a realist or a factual person. Can I tell you that cynicism, it's a contaminant to the kingdom of God. God's kingdom demands faith and faithfulness. It demands people be faithful to the unseen. Listen, cynicism kept Israel wandering in the desert. Cynicism fueled Pontius Pilate's heart when he asks Jesus, what is truth? Cynicism brought countless kings to ruin. And I believe that cynicism even fueled the hearts of the disciples from running away. Proverbs 25, 19 says this. It says, like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot is confidence in a cynical or a faithless man 
in the time of trouble. I don't need to go to a cynical person in my time of need. I don't need to go to a cynical person when I'm trying to make progress in my life. We don't need people around us who are, who are there to tell us every reason and which way something can't happen. We need faithful people. We need people of courage. We need people of faith. And if you've been a cynical person, I got good news for you. I've been a cynical person. I've had my moments of cynicism. I've had my moments where doubt has pushed me so hard that I've lost all hope and I've given up on dreams. But I got good news. Because even to every single person that feels like they got a little bit of faith, even if they feel like they're a cynic, I want to tell you something. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Come on. We serve a faithful God. God's faithful. That's good news. There's contingency for people like myself who from time to time have been guilty of cynicism, have been guilty of being faithless. God is still on the throne. He's still good. He's still faithful. Look, the assault on faith, it masquerades as reality checking. But faith, faith reaches out to a hyper reality. That's a phrase I coined, okay? So trademark, don't copyright it. Hyper reality, greater reality that only through God are things possible. Let me say that again. Faith is under assault because faith reaches into the God realm. So I, I want to build, build everyone's faith today. I, I don't want anyone feeling like they're being attacked. Um, if they've ever been considered a cynic, this isn't directed towards you because I think from time to time, we've all been cynics. We've all been critics. We, we've all been filled with doubt. We've all been faithless. I, I want your faith to grow. I want your heart challenged. You need to understand that God is calling you to be a man be a woman, be a young person of faith that we might truly be people who please God. And I want to touch on something really quick. In our Western culture, I'm convinced that the demonic works most often through contingencies of excuses that nullify faith. If faith is required to please God, did you ever consider that your faith would be under assault all the time to keep you from being able to please God? Listen, there's a story in Kings about Jonathan and his armor bearer. You guys know this story? crawling up the mountain. They peer down into the valley. They see 300 Philistine soldiers. They look at each other. Armor bearer says to Jonathan, maybe we should go around them. Jonathan looks at him, kind of kind of nods, kind of smiles. I can just hear the armor bearer say, hey, you got that crazy look on your face. What, what are you thinking? Jonathan says, yeah, we could go around. Or, and I love this phrase, I'm working on a book right now. I'm working on a book right now called Spirit and Truth. It's almost done, but I've got a title to my next book. Based off of this, Jonathan looks at his armor bearer and says, we could go around or perhaps, perhaps we'll go right through them. Perhaps we'll cut them down. Perhaps the Lord will give us favor. Perhaps, I love that phrase, perhaps, perhaps. See, in the perhaps, there's a little bit of doubt in there, but it's, it's open just enough to give God the possibility to step in the picture. This leaves a possibility of God to come through. Where can you look in your life and say perhaps? Where are the perhaps situations where maybe you've been trying to circumvent something, you've been trying to circumvent a challenge, but maybe you need to peer down that valley of Philistines in your life and say perhaps, I'm going to cut right through them and perhaps God will give me victory because perhaps as I open up this opportunity of faith, God is going to show up and God is going to do something miraculous. God is calling you to walk out in greater faith. God called them to walk in faith. God called his disciples to live by faith. 
And God is calling you to walk by faith. So what's the takeaway here real quick? Well, first of all, when doubt comes, don't allow yourself to be distracted by it. Keep your eyes on the master. Peter was walking on the water and it says the waves and the wind and everything around him distracted him. He took his eyes off of Jesus and that's when he sank. Keep your eyes on the master and be confident that even when it looks like the master has sent you into a storm and abandoned you, the Bible tells us he lives to ever make intercession. He is working to demonstrate his power and his lordship in your life. Perhaps, perhaps we ought to give God an opportunity to stretch out his hand. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I pray you were encouraged, enriched, and inspired to chase after God. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you take a minute and share it? Let's encourage each other with God's word. And remember, if you do not have a church to attend, we invite you to visit us at Garden City Church. We're located at 140 Bridge Street in Beverly, Massachusetts, and we meet in the Emmanuel Congregational Church building. If you need prayer or an encouragement, I invite you to email me at pastor at Garden City Church church.net or you can visit me online at aaronrios.com or any social media outlet hey till next time keep pressing on towards christ god bless you